Hey y'all, welcome back as we continue on in our journey through Genesis with chapter 43, verse 1. But the famine continued to ravage the land of Canaan. So this famine, it went on for seven years. And just another parallel to take you through, it's going to take seven years of trials and tribulations for Israel to return to Jesus. And that mirrors the fact that they have seven years of famine here that they're going through. And we'll see what happens next as we continue in verse 2. When the grain they had brought from Egypt was almost gone, Jacob said to his sons, Go back and buy us a little more food. But Judah said, The man was serious when he warned us, You won't see my face again unless your brother is with you. If you send Benjamin with us, we will go down and buy more food. But if you don't let Benjamin go, we won't go either. Remember, the man said, you won't see my face again unless your brother is with you. Why? Why? Why were you so cruel to me? Jacob moaned. Why did you tell him you had another brother? The man kept asking us questions about our family, they replied. He asked, is your father still alive? Do you have another brother? So we answered his question. How could we know he would say, bring your brother down here? Judah said to his father, send the boy with me and we will be on our way. Otherwise, we will all die of starvation. And not only we, but you and our little ones. I personally guarantee his safety. You may hold me responsible if I don't bring him back to you. Then let me bear the blame forever. If we hadn't wasted all this time, we could have gone and returned twice by now. So the father Jacob finally said to them, If it can't be avoided, then at least do this. Pack your bags with the best products of this land and take them down to the man as gifts. Balm, honey, gum, aromatic resin, pistachio nuts, and almonds. Also take double the money that was put back in your sacks as it was a probably somebody's mistake. Then take your brother and go back to the man. May God Almighty give you mercy as you go before the man so that he will release Simeon and let Benjamin return. But if I must lose my children, so be it. So here we have Jacob and he is stuck. He's stuck between a rock and a hard wall. And he's like, I really don't have any any choice here. There's it's either die with Benjamin here or Benjamin might die. But we see a glimmer of hope and faith when he turns to God and he turns his hope and faith back to God and he's gonna just say, Okay, so be it. Let's do this and trust God in it. And before we saw Judah, and Judah is taking responsibility, which is a step towards repentance. He's taking responsibility for Benjamin in saying, hey, I'm going to be responsible here. I'll, I'll take the heat if anything happens. And when he is sending his boys, Jacob is sending them with gifts. And if you remember when he was faced with his past, when he had to face Esau, he sent gifts ahead. He kind of has a pattern here where he's like, bring this, bring this. It'll try to help soften his heart a little bit. In verse 15, it continues. So the men packed Jacob's gifts and doubled the money and headed off with Benjamin. They finally arrived in Egypt and presented themselves to Joseph. When Joseph saw Benjamin was with them, he said to the manager of his household, 
These men will eat with me this noon. Take them inside the palace, then go slaughter an animal and prepare a big feast. So the man did as Joseph told him and took them into Joseph's palace. The brothers were terrified when they saw that they were being taken into Joseph's house. It's because of the money someone put in our sacks last time we were here, they said. He plans to pretend that we stole it. Then he will seize us and make us slaves and take our donkeys. So they're assuming the worst. He is really inviting them in for a meal, but they don't know that. And they're assuming the worst. They have guilty consciences. And because they do carry this 20 years of guilt and these 20 years of guilty consciousness around with them, they can't simply enjoy a gift from someone. In verse 19, the brothers approached the manager of Joseph's household and spoke to him at the entrance to the palace. Sir, they said, we came to Egypt once before to buy food, but as we were returning home, we stopped for the night and opened our sacks. Then we discovered that each man's money, the exact amount paid, was in the top of the sack. Here it is. We have brought it back with us. We also have additional money to buy more food. We have no idea who put the money in our sacks. Relax. Don't be afraid, the household manager told them. Your God, the God of your father, must have put this treasure into your sacks. I know I received your payment. Then he released Simeon and brought him out to them. The manager then led them in into Joseph's palace. He gave them water to wash their feet and provided food for their donkeys. They were told that they would be eating there. So they prepared their gifts for Joseph's arrival at noon. When Joseph came home, they gave him the gifts that they had brought, and then he, then they bowed low to the ground before him. After greeting them, he asked, How is your father, the old man you spoke about? Is he still alive? Yes, they replied, Our father, our servant, is alive and well. And they bowed low again. So I'm going to pause again here. So their money is no good, basically. They tried to pay for the gift that was given to them before, but they said, no, 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 they've received your payment. It must be God. God gave you this treasure and God gave us the treasure of his son free and clear with no payment needed from us. It was a free and clear gift that we get to have. And Jesus paid the price for all of us. He paid the ultimate price on the cross for all of us. And it's free. It's a free gift given by God. And this unnamed servant, we never know the name of this household manager, but he serves the household and he believes in God and he gives direction and guidance and he tells them to not be afraid and he calms them. And it almost feels similar possibly to the stewardship that comes when we welcome Jesus into our life and are given the Holy Spirit, the reinsurance in that that burning through our soul when we know that we're following the Holy Spirit and that Holy Spirit is just working in us, they they bring forth grace and they the Holy Spirit can bring a mess a message of grace to um anyone around them. And and he he is, he's calming them. He's like, this is what's gonna happen. Just it'll be okay. And it really does remind me of that grace that we receive from Jesus through the Holy Spirit. And we will go ahead and continue in verse 29. Then Joseph looked at his brother Benjamin, the son of his own mother, 
Is this your youngest brother, the one you told me about? Joseph asked. May God be gracious to you, my son. Then Joseph hurried from the room because he was overcome with emotion for his brother. He went into his private room where he broke down and wept. After washing his face, he came back out, keeping himself under control. And then he ordered, bring out the food. The waiters served Joseph at his own table, and his brothers were served at a separate table. The Egyptians who ate with Joseph sat at their own table because Egyptians despised Hebrews and refused to eat with them. Joseph told each of his brothers where to sit, and to their amazement, he seated them according to their age, from oldest to youngest. And Joseph filled their plates with food from his own table, giving Benjamin five times as much as he gave the others. So they feasted and drank freely with him. So they're feasting and they're enjoying the grace of God in this moment. And the younger Benjamin, he's treated with favoritism. So the test is still on. He's giving Benjamin some favorites here and and treating him a little better than the others. He's still pushing them a little. He's emotional. His Everything's catching up with him emotionally, but he's still keeping the test going. And he, just like Jesus, he's caring for them and loving on them and feeding them and giving them what they need, even before they repent or admit any wrongdoing. And, um, and then just like the treasures, God gave them that treasure. They didn't deserve it or earn it. And it's a picture of God's perfect grace. God is good. And he, regardless of what we do or don't do or what we deserve or don't deserve, Jesus is good to us. Even while we are sinners, he gives us, he gave us his own life for us while we were still sinners before we ever even thought of repenting and turning our lives to him. And he, when he gets emotional, he sees Benjamin. He was only 17 when he left and Benjamin was even younger. He was just a little boy when he was left, when he was kid or sold into slavery. So, um, Benjamin wasn't involved in the sale or had nothing to do with this at all. Benjamin is innocent and he had nothing to do with giving Joseph to the slave um, industry. So he is genuinely reunited with his baby brother and he is overtaken in emotion at that point. And that love, you can just feel it through the passages as it flows through to his little brother. And we'll see what happens as the test continues, because clearly the test is still on as he shows Benjamin a little bit of favoritism, which seems to be common in their family. So I hope you all are having a great day and we'll continue on this journey tomorrow.